Well, 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 my friends, this is S. Anthony Thomas, host of the S. Anthony Says Podcast, also known as the show you're about to listen to. My friends, I hope you love the show. I enjoy doing this one. You're going to love it. That's right. You're going to love it. If you love the show, and I think you will, please follow me on Twitter at, at S. Anthony Thomas. Follow the show at, at S. Anthony Says. Uh, subscribe to the show at iTunes or Stitcher. Or go to the home base and listen to the show at santhonysays.podbean.com. And if you really super duper mega ultra love the show, support the show. I finally have a Patreon. It's Patreon forward slash S. Anthony Thomas. Now, are you ready for the show? Are you ready to hear me talk about weird crap? Of course you are. Yeah, well, we are about to get to do it, my friends, because this show starts right now. You are about to listen to the S. Anthony Says Podcast, starring S. Anthony Thomas. <laughs> you lucky bastards. All right, this is S. Anthony. Glad you came back. Ready for the next one? All right, here we go. Go! Hello, guys, cats and kitties, dudes and dudettes. Can I ask you a question? This is a, this is an interesting question, and I've always wanted to ask people about this. You know, have you ever been the practice person for somebody? You know what I mean, the practice person? And I think in many cases, we've all been the practice person. If you've ever been the rebound person for somebody, you've been the practice person. They were dating you or getting it on with you, and they never had any intention of being serious with you. They just needed you to make them feel better while they got themselves together. And once they got themselves together, they punted you away like it was in the NFL, and it was fourth and six, and they drop-kicked your punk ass all the way to the side of the field. Yeah, that's right. They even angled the kick out of bounds so you couldn't return it. Yeah, that's right. I said it. But that's the thing, man. If you really think about it, because I've lived in Hollywood for a long period of time, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on the East Coast right now, and I plan on moving back to to Los Angeles for some stuff, hopefully at some point in the future. But you would see what was happening. You would see trophy husbands and trophy wives. And to get a trophy husband and a trophy wife when you had no one before, it's really not that big of a deal. Hopefully you're going to use different aspects to decide who to marry than look at that body. But hey, it's your life. Do what you want to do. But what I was talking about was when you see someone come to Hollywood or even if it's not Hollywood, Wall Street, business, where they have a spouse when they start and they're building from scratch and they have absolutely nothing. When they have nothing, when they're driving in a car where they have to decide whose clothes get hung up that night because somebody's clothes are not going to get hung up. Why? Because they need those hangers to keep the car doors closed. Yeah, that's right. Well, one of them distracts people while the other one siphons out a mouthful of gas from their neighbor's cars and spit it into the car so they can go places. Mm-hmm. That broke. I'm talking about, okay, nobody does that last one, but you get the point. But what I'm saying is you, sometimes you become the practice person for somebody else. And in some cases, it's okay. And in some cases, it's not okay. You know? Some cases it's okay. In some cases it's not okay. And I'll I'll give you an idea. I lived in San Francisco and I had some friends uh and we were really really cool, man. I mean, we were, we're it's the kind of friendship that you know is only going to last a certain period of time like when you have friends in college, you know what I'm saying, or friends in high school or friends at a job you go to, you know that you're going to enjoy each other, but you know life is going to kind of pull you apart and you never those, those, those you know those you don't know it at the time, but those friendships aren't going to really last like that. Not because you're not compatible, but because you're in a transitional period of your life, but you enjoy them nonetheless. And that was one of my that was a period in San Francisco when I when I lived there. And I had a friend of mine, we were cool, we used to hang out all the time. And as it turns out, I was the practice guy for this guy. And what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is he decided to come out and decided to pick me as the first person he was gonna come out to. And at the time, that was a while ago, be coming out to families was kind of a new thing, and everybody was on the cover of the newspapers and everybody was a big thing. And he chose me to be the person he was going to come out to. And I didn't know that's what he was calling me for. So one day I get a phone call. And he goes, Ass, I need you to come over here, man. 
kind of go, okay, man, can this wait? The damn football game's on. I got my pizza out. I got my, 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 my soda. And, come on, man. It's important, man. You really need to get over here. So I'm thinking it's important because everybody knows, leave me alone when football's on or I'll kill you. So I'm going, oh, man, this must be really important if he's going to bother me and make me catch a damn two buses to get to his punk ass. So I said, okay, this has got to be important because I didn't have a car at the time. So I put my pizza away. I put my soda away. I get my money out. I run out the house. I catch the two buses. I get to his house. I walk into his house. I see him standing there looking slightly traumatized. And I'm going, oh, no. I walk up the steps. I walk into his house. He's got the television off. He normally has music playing in the background. He's a musical guy. He loves to have his jams on, as he used to say. And he turned that music was already off. Oh, shit. And when I hear that, I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm thinking he's sick. I'm thinking somebody's dead. I'm thinking one of our friends got hit by a bus. I'm thinking one of his relatives died. I'm thinking something horrible. I'm like, oh, man, my homie needs me. I'm here because I'm a friend. I don't catch two buses during the middle of a damn football game and put my pizza back and my soda back for anybody. But this is one of the people I'm going to do it for, damn it. That's right. So what happens? He sits me down on the couch. And I'm sitting there waiting for the big story. And he's just—he's got the whole starting to say the word, then stopping, then taking deep breaths. And it's uh, it's uh, oh boy, um, dude, come on, man, this is you, I'm your buddy, you know. Somebody's sick or something bad happened. You tell me right now. I'm here, man. I caught two buses and put my pizza down, my juice down. And the soda down and the chips down and put them back in the thing and turn off the TV. Caught two buses. I'm here. You tell me what it is, damn it. I'm your I'm your dude. I'm your buddy, damn it. You tell me what it is. Um, S, um Come on, man. Let's go. Let's go. I'm gay. And he said it. And I looked at him and I'm going. You called me over here for this. I mean, I wanted to tell you, dude, I kind of just assumed, man. What do you mean you assumed? It's like, come on, let's, come on, let's keep it real here. Come on. I mean, I mean, I hang out with you all the time. I mean, you know, you know, you got drunk that time and you kissed a dude. I mean, I mean, I've never, nobody, none of my other friends kissed a dude when they were drunk. They kissed, they tried to kiss girls. You tried to kiss a dude. I was like, oh, I guess he's gay. And then that was it. Because I don't have the prejudice against gay people. Oh, shit, three quarters of my friends here are gay. You know that. He goes, I know that, but, you know, I really just, you know, I wanted to tell somebody and get it over with. I said, look, man, in all seriousness, I'm just giving you a hard time because, let's be honest, I knew you were gay already. But let, I'm just giving you a hard time. I said, look, I, I'm really glad that you chose me because I'm, obviously I'm the first person you said to because you took 14 minutes of silence waiting for you to say it. So obviously you've never said it to anybody else and just acknowledge it. And I said, I'll be honest with you, man. I'm actually kind of honored that I'm the first person that you told. I am the first, am I the first person to do Yeah, you are. I said, well, you know, I, I consider that. So I high fived him, I hugged him. I said, look, man. You know, I said, I said, why'd you, why'd you, why was it such a big build up to tell me? You knew, you knew I don't have the, I don't, I'm not prejudiced against gay people. What's the big deal? He goes, I know, but, you know, I just, I just needed to say it, you know, and I wanted, I needed a soft landing to say it the first time. I'm sorry I dragged you over. I said, no way about it, man. I mean, this is a big deal for you, you know, you know, to, to, to admit this and to say it out loud. I mean, you know, it's, it's a big deal, you know, and I'm glad I was here for you. Now turn the game on. <laughs> and we both laughed but as it turns out I was the practice guy for him I was the practice person because I knew having you know, he didn't turn the game on by the way till he finished the story and what he told me was that I had I kind of met his parents you know because they were kind of coming to coming to some of the shows and stuff and they seemed like really really great people they even had black people in their family Asian people in their family you know people of different religions in their family and I'm sitting there going this your family looks like your family and the people around him look like a damn Benetton ad. And as it turns out, the one thing that they were viciously prejudiced against was gay people. Everything else, oh, different religions, ethnicities, races, gay people. Hell no. And when you're the thing that makes your parents go, hell no. And that is a part of who you are and you can't change it, nor should you have to change it. That's kind of a rough thing. So he wanted to tell me first. I was the practice 
I was the practice come out guy. He practiced coming out with me and I helped him out. And as it turns out, it was pretty bad when he told his parents because in every other way they were wonderful. But when it came to gay people, huge tubs of shit. And as it turns out, I found out much later on uh, that they eventually accepted everything and everything was cool. But it was really, really rough in the beginning. So much so that, you know, he kind of lost contact. Well, he knew where they were, but they kind of, you know, they kind of treated him the same way you would treat a person who was a neighbor you don't talk to that much. You know, that neighbor that's across the street from your house. You see them, they see you. You kind of acknowledge everybody. You kind of go, yeah, I see that you exist, but you never really talk to the person. They gave him that treatment for about, I don't know how many years it was, but he had years of the cross the street neighbor treatment and eventually they realized they were being jackasses and everything was cool. But it took, I don't know how many years it took, but it took a while, longer than it should have taken. But in that instance, I didn't mind being the practice person. There was nothing wrong with being the practice person in that particular instance. I was actually honored that I was the practice person in that particular instance. Honored, damn it. Yeah, I said it. But sometimes you don't want to be the practice person for some time for somebody. Sometimes being the practice person, the person they practice with sucks. Another L.A. story, my friend, this time not San Francisco. At this point, I had moved to Hollywood, my friends, and I was working as a messenger and working as a messenger sucked. And at the time, physically, I was a huge a tub of crap. But still funny and charming. <laughs> That's right. Shut up, punks. And so I'm delivering, and there was, a, was, there was one place I always had to deliver things to. And I had to catch the bus at the time. And being a delivery person on the bus is just wonderful, especially in a city the size of Los Angeles. <laughs> I want to go back in time and shoot myself to put him out of his misery. <laughs> just kidding, because if I did that, I wouldn't be here being an incredible on this podcast. And you'd be sitting there staring at nothing with earbuds in your ear going, shouldn't there be a podcast? Oh, that guy doesn't exist because he went back in time and shot himself. So that's not why I'm doing it, because I don't want you bastards sitting there with earbuds looking at the wall listening to a podcast that doesn't exist because i went back in time like the terminator and shot myself where why did i go there with it doesn't matter i digress i'm back to the story so i go into the office it was an office i had to go into all the time and uh there was a lady there and she was the kind of lady that you know, when you live in a neighborhood and there's always like the really, quote, hot girls, unquote, and there was always one or two girls. And usually it was just one that was really, really super pretty and cute and well together. She was always more mature than everyone else in the neighborhood, always more mature, always had her stuff together, always had a little bit better car, a little bit better clothes because she didn't party. She worked hard. She had a goal. She had a mission and she was not going to be taken off of it by the jackass in the neighborhood who just wanted to get on top of her naked and make animal sounds. Nope. Wasn't going to happen. She was that girl. And this lady in the office was just like that lady. And she started to flirt with me. And it wasn't like the, it was like it was like a little bit more than harmless. I never really thought that she was actually interested. But it was nice that the girl that you know that you wanted the type of girl you used to dream about when you're back in your old neighborhood, who was a girl you couldn't get to, but who was super duper mega ultra cute was flirting with so i enjoyed i looked forward to taking packages to that place i even took packages to that place when it took me three buses to get to that place why i needed my weekly flirting yeah that's right and i turned it into daily flirting which was inefficient and cost me money but i didn't care i needed that hottie to, i needed that hot chocolate angel to church to flirt with my punk ass don't judge me shut up punks that's right so I go there and she's flirting and I flirt back and it was kind of cool. It was really like a fun game where we'd flirt and say, hey, how are you? And you and you and I'm like, yeah, Ooh. I don't even, you don't even need to know the words. You can just hear the sounds and realize. And it was over. The, it was a stupid flirt. That's what we sounded like to someone who was listening through the wall. And I'm sure someone was listening to the wall going, that guy really realized he has no chance with her. Well, you on the other side of the wall, shut up, punk. Don't ruin my dream back to the story so what happened was I thought I was had a, I, like I said I never really thought I had a chance with her but I like to have the dream like somebody who's dreaming about winning the lottery you're not going to win the lottery but when somebody finally wins the lottery and takes all the money away you feel like crap because your dream was just crushed by some punk ass who picked the six right numbers and screw them the bastards 
But what happened to me would ruin my lottery was a guy who actually came in here who actually looked good. That bastard comes and he wasn't even really interested in her because as much as she was above me in her mind, he was that level above her. So she's flirting with him, but she's really flirting with him. She flirted with me. And as it turns out, her flirting with me was near nothing more than practicing as it turns out. On a scale of 1 to 10, I thought the level of flirt that she was throwing towards me was 5 out of 10. Not a problem. You don't have a real chance at the girl, but she thinks you're kind of cute. And then I saw her flirting with that guy, and then when I compared the levels, I realized she was flirting. The flirt level with me was not 5 at all. It was 1.5. That's right. And you get a level 1 when you flirt with yourself in the mirror while you're adjusting your clothes. So I was only a half a flirt point above that crap, and my life was ruined that person won the damn genetic lottery and took my money away from me and now i know what she looks like when she really flirts and as it turns out i was nothing but a flirting crash test dummy i was a crash test dummy for her flirting techniques that she was practicing to use on somebody she actually found attractive you know what i'm talking about being a crash test dummy for flirting crash test dummies put inside of a damn mercedes and the crash test dummy sitting inside the mercedes going how the hell did i get inside of a mercedes s class i'm just a big piece of class plastic formed in, in the shape of a human being well it doesn't matter i have a whole family of people made out of the same shit so i must be successful i don't even know how i'm sentient but i'm in a mercedes and wait a second what's that with that wall oh slam oh this is bullshit we're all broken up in little pieces and why now we're all in the trash can well it was nice while it lasted and that's what happened to me the flirting crash test dummy saw the wall coming in the wall called a dude who actually looked good and wasn't a tub of shit and then slam right into the wall damn it she was flirting at level 9.9 with this guy all sorts of stuff oh when he showed up all of a sudden the room which was basically the same temperature because it was computerized all of a sudden the room seemed to be a little warmer why because she'd see him coming up in the thing with the security camera and she'd go into her little punk ass office and come back out with a blouse opened up all low and everything and surprisingly enough when that guy walked back out of the room and got back in the elevator and went off to a woman he actually was interested in apparently the temperature got cold again because the blouse just buttoned back up i didn't even get to see cleavage this guy got to see deep cleavage uh, that's right he even got to see buttocks cleavage that's right because she always went over and picked up the same box off the floor you didn't have to pick that box up damn it there's nothing in that box but for some reason she always has to bend over to pick up the box whenever his punk ass showed up yeah I never got to see her pick up the box. She used to kick that box across the floor when I was there with her turtleneck sweater on. I don't even know why you're wearing a turtleneck sweater in California in August. Because you don't want me to see nothing. Damn it. <laughs> but as it turns out, it was really weird because essentially you realize that the person is just basically kind of practice flirting with you. They didn't, she didn't really consider me as a maid or a boyfriend or anything, and I kind of knew that. It would be the equivalent of me getting into the ring with UFC champion Cain Velasquez and deciding he needed to work on some techniques, some ground and pound, some footwork techniques, and some wrestling techniques, and some judo techniques. I couldn't help him with that. I don't box. I don't know judo. And also, I'm a lot smaller and weaker than he is in comparison. I'm in good shape compared to, okay, no, I'm not. That's, that's Shut up, punks. But what I'm saying is I couldn't help him out. Could I technically help him out? Yes, I could hold submits for him. But that's not enough of a workout for, to be good for him, for him to practice at the, the level he needs to practice. He needs someone that's at least somewhere near his level to practice with. I'd be a complete waste of time for Cain Velasquez, UFC heavyweight champion to practice with. Why? Because I'm not in good enough shape and I don't have enough ass whip talent to be waste, worthy of his, him practicing with. And as it turns out, it was the same thing with her. I wasn't, she wasn't really flirting with me. She, I was basically holding mitts for her. But when it came time for some real flirting where she was really in the game, I could, she couldn't use those techniques with me. I wasn't worthy of her in her mind. It wasn't, oh, who are you? Oh, I don't know. I couldn't do it. But here's something hilarious. 
months go by and at this particular time now I have a car and now I have a car and I can go to the gym and this was a period in time where I got in the best shape of my life the kind of shape I wish to goodness I was in now and that I'm not even close to now it'll take me a year to get in that kind of shape again and I'm going to do it damn it it would take me a year to get in that kind of shape but I got in that kind of shape I look like a chocolate Bruce Lee yeah that's right I looked Asian <laughs> That's not true. I still look like me. I was just incredible shape. You get the point. Shut up, punks. So now all of a sudden, now I'm doing comedy shows and now I go back to this place. But I go back to this place not as a delivery person. I'm going there to talk to somebody as a p person who would actually be doing something important there. And she saw me walk in and now uh oh she goes back to flirt level 9.9 .9 because now i'm looking good and i got a six-pack and i got a perfect body and i'm just as cute in the face as i am now except i was cuter then because i was younger but i'm still cute now shut up punks and now she's at flirt level 9.9 .9. but at this point in time i now know using her own criteria she's below <laughs> that's right she now considers me more attractive than she is and using the general using the scale that america uses for what's attractive at that particular time i kind of was and she goes up to flirt level 9.9 .9. but at this particular time i decided no you treated you would just treated me like a practice dummy back then and I am absolutely not. I still remember what that felt like to be treated like the practice dummy back then. Damn it. That's what I'm thinking when she's flirting with me like that. And I thought, no, 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 no. I'm the same good person I was back then, but you didn't even give me consideration. And I'm annoyed by that. I'm shocked by that. I can't believe you would treat a person like that. This is just absolutely wrong. Yeah. Okay, that's not exactly what happened. She flirted with me. I took her home and I banged the crap out of her for like six months. But that's a diff that's none of your business. Don't don't judge me by that. I mean, the girl looked good. Screw you, people. So the more, <laughs> but the moral of the story is, it kind of sucks to be the practice person, doesn't it? To be the trophy wife. You know, to be the trophy husband, to be the trophy spouse. You don't want to be the practice person unless it's a situation like this first situation where somebody really just needs you to listen to them, to get their groove ready, to get their story straight, to get their to get their feet underneath them, to practice something bigger. And it's OK to be a practice person in that instance. But if you're the kind of person where somebody's just practicing with you to get themselves to, to so they can use you as a stepladder to the, get to the next rung, they're trying to monkey branch you or they're kind of holding on to you until they get that next thing and then they drop you like a hot brick on a cold Tuesday, screw that crap. Be the practice person for somebody cool who really needs your help. But if somebody's just being making you the practice person to use you to get to the next step and you are nothing more than a utility to them, screw that crap. Which is exactly what I did because I really did take her back to my whole my, my apartment and bang the crap out of her. And I, you know, for like six months. <laughs> I'm not an idiot. I mean, the girl looked good. But I mean, don't judge me. Don't judge me. I was in my early 20s. Okay. I was a super, super attractive woman that you've been wanting to get it on with for a long period of time and just kind of shuns you. And then you come back when your body's right and you got a nice car and she wants to get it on with you. What are you going to do? Not get it on with her? Shut your mouth, you judgmental bastard. Yeah, that's right. I said it. <laughs> Segment over. You know, I talked about that first story uh, in the first uh, the first segment. I talked about a friend of mine coming out to me. And the reason that came into mind, the reason that story even came to mind was because of what's going on in Indiana right now with the ridiculousness of try of allowing businesses to discriminate against gay people for religious reasons, which I, is come on now, you know. And when I started to tweet some of the things, some of the stories that were in support of people not being discriminated against, if you're on Twitter, and I, I don't get trolled a lot because I don't actually even talk to trolls. If someone comes at me with a different point of view, I may or may not engage depending on whether or not it's an intelligent point of view or something that's you know actually asking a question or expressing a point of view without being insulting. Because I remember one time I was I was actually having what I thought was a wonderful intellectual Twitter conversation with someone who had been a follower of mine and they got angry at me because I didn't change my point of view. And then they unfollowed and I went, wow, that really hurt a person who can't take the fact that I have a different point of view and spoke to them respectfully. And they couldn't handle that. I got news for you. You're not missed. You can go. 
And it's the same thing with trolls. I, I, I retweeted something that was, was in support of uh, gay people having uh, rights that everyone else has. And they're like, you, yeah, you know what happens, man. I know you're a comedian. Maybe you're trying to be funny or something. Which is really weird that I'm doing an impression of someone who's on Twitter and I don't know what they sound like. <laughs> Shut up, punks. But let me tell you something, libtard. Why do people call you libtard? I don't understand that. Libtard. It's kind of, I mean, it's like, I understand you're trying to insult me, but you're insulting retarded people by using what they are as a pejorative. I mean, just if you want to say you liberal asshole, that made more sense because then you would be directing the insult at me. And I've been called an asshole before and I didn't care about it then because usually the person calling me an asshole was actually the asshole in, the, in that particular situation in the first place. So <laughs> screw you, loser. You let me tell you something, you libtard. Why do they do that? It's a slippery slope, okay, Mr. Funny Man? Now, I like your tweets and stuff, and I like your little show you do, but let me tell you something. It's a slippery slope, man. It's a slippery slope, Mr. I don't know what to call you. It's Anthony. I don't know what the hell. I'm going to call you Anthony, damn it. It's a slippery slope, and once you let those people start getting married and go wherever they want, it's a slippery slope. You get married, two guys get married, two ladies get married, and the next thing you know, damn it, it's Anthony. I'm telling you right now, what's going to start happening is they're going to, what's going to be next? You're going to start to being able to marry your car you're going to start to be able to get married to a goat i mean where does it stop and i'm sitting there going you know where it stops it stops with them being able to have sex with who they want to if it's another human being i don't think it's not like there's a slope where it goes heterosexual well i can't have sex with regular people, with people who are just like me uh, how about how about just have, have sex with a, a gay people can't have sex with gay people okay let's go to goats oh can't have sex with a goat okay let's go to this car can't have sex with the car how about this tree it doesn't work like that jackass it's human beings wanting to express their love for another human being there's no slope there's no slope for people who aren't morons you know there's no slippery slope Nobody's saying you should marry another species. A goat can't consent. A car can't consent. Okay, that one car was asking for it, but it had a nice ass, so I, it, I did what I needed to do. Okay, that's a different story. None of your business. Don't mind, mind your business. No, you guys have been banned from car lots in South Jersey. Shut up. Anyway, what I'm saying is, there's no slope, you dumb bastards. Is there a slope? I mean, there may be a slope for you. The only people that are talking about there being a slippery slope are people who need to worry about it because they are on a slippery slope. Yeah, that's right. When I've gone long stretches of time when I didn't have a girlfriend and someone to get it on with, I didn't go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start getting it on with dudes. Why? Because I'm heterosexual and I like to have sex with women because I was born that way. Like Lady Gaga says, born that way. <laughs> and if you're a gay person, you, your natural inclination is to get it on with someone of the same sex. You don't go, well, since I can't find anyone of the same sex to get it on with, I think I'm going to go get it on with these farm animals. No, it doesn't work that way. You just wait until you find someone of the same sex to get it on with. Just like me as a straight guy, if I can't find someone to get it on with, I'll just wait until some woman decides to trade up to the greatest man of all time and to get it on with me. Ladies, he's single. But it doesn't work that way. Why are you talking about slippery slopes? There's no slope. I look down on my slope. My slope isn't slippery. My slope has nothing but women on it. In fact, it's not even a slope. It's a straight line of whatever women I'm going to have sex with between now and the rest of my life. And it's all women. Yeah, that's right. There's no slope. In fact, it's sticky. Don't ask why. It's really none of your business. But it ain't a slope. And that's all that's important. Because it just, it's just one of those things where it's like when you think in terms of uh, uh, zero tolerance type laws. It just gives you an opportunity to not think. It just gives you an opportunity to make excuses to do the dumb stuff you wanted to do in the first place. It gives you an opportunity to be an idiot when it comes to not even caring about other people or understanding other people and being so afraid of the difference between someone else and you that you have to sit there and discriminate against them because you want them to conform to whatever you are and be whatever you are and that's never going to work how do you feel that when somebody tries to force you to do something that's not that you don't want to do even if it's at work, when you have a boss that tells you, I need you to take those files over there, Johnson, you don't like that crap. You hate it. You hate it. And you're going to start doing passive aggressive stuff to make it all messed up. And that's just t changing files. 
But what about you were born with an inclination? You like that you are naturally attracted to people of the same sex, the same way me as a straight guy are attracted to people of opposite sex. Now, what about there was a law that says I couldn't get it on with women anymore? Huh? First of all, there would be a revolt uh, from all the women in the world who would not be able to live their lives because the prospect of not getting it on with me would make them depressed. And I don't blame them because I've gotten it on with me and I'm incredible. Okay, back to the story. But you wouldn't like that. You wouldn't like the fact that there was something that was natural to you, the way you were born, and somebody outside of you, something that had nothing, someone that had nothing to do with your life, was trying to take that away from you and make you try to be something that you're not. Because they're uncomfortable with it. Them, a person that's not you, a person that doesn't know you, a person that has nothing to do with your life, a person who doesn't even see you do the things that they're objecting to. I mean, what do these people actually think is going to happen in the restaurant? You think gay people are going to come into the restaurant and go, forget this food, let's do some anal stuff right on this table and then just push the plates on the floor and do stuff to each other's backsides? Is that what you think is going to happen? Hmm? You think women are going to go, ha I don't even like this. I don't even need the food here. I just think these, let's do stuff to each other's breasts right on the table. They're not going to do that. The thing that you're offended by won't even be happening at the restaurant. Won't even be happening at your business. So why do you care? I'm starting to think maybe the reason, well, not starting to think. I think the reason you're so worried about that is because maybe there's some feelings you have that you're trying to deny, my friend. Maybe you don't want to have a lot of people around that feel the same way you want to deny that you feel. Maybe you see a bunch of gay guys in the restaurant and you want them out of the restaurant because there's a feeling inside of you. Maybe there's a little pit of pat in your stomach. Maybe there's some butterflies in your stomach and maybe you want to join in. Maybe you want to pick that, take that guy's boyfriend from him. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe you want to marry somebody and you figure, I really don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I've got to make sure that the laws are passed to stop me from doing something that I really want to do myself. I'm starting to think maybe your slope, if you look down, is slippery as hell. Maybe there's a slippery slope sign in front of your feet that nobody but you sees. And you're not trying to control us. You're trying to control us as homosexuals, if we're homosexuals, to control yourself. See, it doesn't really affect me if you do something to homosexual people because I'm a straight guy. So why do I care? Is that what you're asking? I care because I don't like to see anybody discriminated against. I know what it feels like. You know? Yeah, as a black dude, I know what it feels like to be discriminated against. But we'll talk about that in another show. Or many other shows that have already existed where I talked about it already. <laughs> so I don't like it. And you would you would figure that an intelligent human being would go, Nah, maybe I, maybe I am uncomfortable with this, but it really has nothing to do with me. You got to be careful with the slippery slope argument because it could be used against you if you really think about it. Person who doesn't like gay people. Think about this. I can ask you a question. Person doesn't like gay people. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. When you were at the football game at your friend's house, you were watching the game with your buddy, right? Yeah. He's a good friend of yours, isn't he? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, what happened when your college team scored a winning field goal? The field goal kicker never, he was a field goal kicker. Everybody wanted him off the team. He was probably going to be kicked off the team. Somehow your team got to a bowl game, and it's a big bowl game against a fierce rival, and the game was nip and tuck the whole time, and it was one second left on the clock. Then your quarterback got hurt, and you like, I instead of throwing a Hail Mary pass, what the heck, we're probably going to go to overtime. It's tied. Let's have this punk-ass kicker who has never kicked a kick beyond 30 yards in his life who's going to get kicked off the team next year. Let's let him try this 59-yard field goal. And the kicker kicks the ball, and it just goes over the uprights, and your team beats their fierce rival, a team they haven't beaten 10 years. They lost every game when you were in school. They have not. They just are getting the ass kicked, and this time on national television, they whooped the ass of their rivals. And what happened when your friend, your buddy, what happened when that happened? You jumped up, you high-fived your friend, and you hugged him, didn't you? Yeah, we're celebrating. So what you're saying is you homophobic guy you hugged the dude how long did the lug has the, the hug last oh i don't know did it last more than a second yeah 
So what you're saying is you had a nice long hug with another dude. Oh, yeah, but that was a football game. No, 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 no. Slippery slope, my friend. I personally think you need to outlaw dudes hugging other dudes when a long field goal is kicked during a football game. In fact, I'm going to make it illegal for you to celebrate your football team in any way because, let's be honest, if you're going to celebrate the football team and you're going to hug another dude, which in your estimation is gay stuff, you're hugging another dude. I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. See dudes hugging and watching football games. So now I'm going to have the government and the governor put a law out that stops you from celebrating football games because it's a slippery slope. The first thing happens is you watch the football game. Then you're sitting close to the dude who's wearing the same tight shirt you're wearing. And then the game is won and you get up and hug a dude. What's going to happen next? You're going to start kissing the dude. You're going to grab his butt. You're going to take him upstairs and do stuff to each other. What are you talking about? We were just celebrating the game. No, my friend, you hugged a dude. It's a slippery slope, my friend, a slippery slope. The one minute you're wearing a tight shirt and hugging a dude, and the next minute you're doing stuff to each other's backsides. It's a slippery slope, you bastard. I say we stop all celebrations of football games. What do you care? You're not a fan of this team. You don't even live in this state. It doesn't matter. I know what's happening. What's the why? Well, come on. If you start getting a hug dudes doing football games, then other people are going to start getting the hug dudes doing football games then if i have a son at some point in the future he's gonna think it's acceptable to hug dudes doing a football game and it's a slippery slope my friend a slippery slope <laughs> you know i could ask the same dude again i said your friend you're the one that hugged him right yeah but i think your slippery slope argument is ridiculous you me we, we're friends we we're just celebrating a game and it's ridiculous okay you with the tight shirt you go sit over there mr i don't like it and you are you you agree with him about the gay stuff yeah i don't like gay people either okay let me ask you a question buddy just now during the game after you got finished hugging your friend in a suspicious way my friend what did you do next um i, I kissed my wife and what did you do after that i kissed bill's wife oh so you kissed his wife huh you're a married man, aren't you? Yeah. Do you think it's acceptable to your wife that you kiss other women? What well, was just a peck on the cheek? No, I didn't ask. The question was, did you kiss another woman? Well, yeah, I kissed another woman. We was innocent. We were just, ah, ah, ah. It's a slippery slope, my friend. How do I know that that kiss isn't going to wind up with something where you start squeezing boob and then all of a sudden you work your hand down to a butt and the next thing you know you're upstairs getting it on with your friend's wife. You get her pregnant and then all of a sudden you have a bunch of kids with your friend's wife. Your friend finds out 15 years later when the kid needs a bone marrow transplant that he's not genetically linked to the kid and then he finds out that you have the right bone marrow transplant and then some series of circumstances happens and he finds out you were boning his wife while you were right after you celebrated a game you adulterous bastard and then he takes out a gun and shoots you don't you realize the slippery slope there the slippery slope there is you kiss your friend's wife you bang your friend's wife you get your friend's wife pregnant he finds out 15 years later that you're the, really the father of his four kids and he shoots you in your face don't you realize sir the slippery slope says you're um you are gonna start a murder now granted you'll be the murder victim but you're still responsible for a murder you're gonna ruin this man's life he'll be in jail for the rest of his life for shooting you you'll ruin the lives of these kids that neither one of you has yet don't you realize what the slippery slope is you sick bastard you're gonna ruin people's life and you make me sick now, all of that sounds stupid doesn't it <laughs> those scenarios that i painted right now sound stupid outlandish over the top ridiculous going too far but it's the same thing isn't it the slippery slope argument it's a slippery slope man if we let gay people get married if we let gay people use these business then the next thing you know we'll have people marrying animals no no doesn't work that way the only person worried about the slippery slope is you and I think you guys are probably worried about the fact that your slope is slippery but for me as a heterosexual male my slope doesn't exist I'm on a flat plane there's no place to slip. And everybody that I know that is gay, and I know a whole lot of gay people, their slope is plain. It's, there's no slope. It's a flat surface. People are the same sex. I think the slippery slope you need to worry about is the one you're standing on because your argument's on a slippery slope too. 
And every time I hear you talk about that, and every time you tweet me or write me or about that silliness on, on Twitter or whatever, I see your argument slide down that slippery slope <laughs> right into a trash can. That's all I got to say. Segment over. You know what's amazing? Let me talk to you about something here. You know what's amazing is, you know how you get even angrier at the people that you know than the people that you don't know? You get angry at your family, at your friends, but especially your family than anybody else because they're always around you and you can see them being jackasses and you can't get away with them. Get away from them, I should say. If somebody's an a-hole to you in an elevator, it's really not that big of a deal because, you know, at the end of the elevator ride, you're going to get out and they're going to get out. They're going to go their way. You're going to go your way. If they cut you off in traffic or scream at you in traffic, as long as they're not shooting at you, it's not really that big a deal because they're going to go their way. You're going to go your way. You'll never see them again. Even if it's an a-hole at work or someplace where you're stuck with them for a finite period of time, you know there's a time limit to it. You can look at the clock and realize this crap is going to be over soon if it's your boss you know it's over at five o'clock and you don't have to see his or her punk ass until monday at nine o'clock but in the, but on the weekend you got don't got to see the punk ass and you don't even mind being in traffic because at least it's not there with that piece of crap you're mad at them you may even hate their guts but you can see a light at the end of the tunnel you may even be looking for another job you're looking for another job so you really know there's a light at the end of the tunnel i know what it's like to work for somebody who's a hunk of crap and somebody who treats you like garbage and somebody who's an a-hole and the whole time i'm looking at the clock and i realize at the particular time this job ends i don't have to see your punk ass until the next time the next day or if it's on the weekend until monday and I remember when I was doing it and I had a job lined up and I knew it was my last day and I they were just being complete a-holes and it didn't matter because I knew I'd never see their punk asses again. It didn't matter why because I knew there was an end to it. But when it's your family and your friends, people you've chosen to have around you, people you've had ties with, people who've been in your house, in your car, who are part of your life and they're probably going to be a permanent part of your life because you've locked into each other, it, you get even angrier when they do dumb stuff. You get angry at your family when they do dumb stuff because unlike the boss or the a-hole who cuts you off in traffic or the a-hole in the, in the elevator, this a-hole is across the dinner table from your ass. That's right. The person that treated that pissed you off and treated you like crap said something dumb, did something dumb, did something inconsiderate or stupid. Their punk ass is right across the table from you and you got to look at them. There's nothing worse in the world than having to look at somebody that you're mad at at the time. Somebody that just pisses you off and does something bad to you and you got to look at that punk. Especially if you got to come home to them. Or if it's a friend of yours who did something horrible and they're part of the circle of friends and it's in your hometown or whatever town you're living in or whatever. And you got to run across that punk ass every five seconds because you're part of the same circle of friends. That uh, it sucks. It's horrible. And I'll tell you what I'm talking about. If you give money to, say, you give money to someone who is a, a homeless person, someone who's holding up a sign, or or maybe someone who you, you kind of get the feeling they're scamming you in some situations. Oh, I, really, I ran out of gas. I'm at this gas station. I just need $5 to get to, to, to the thing, and I have to hit the hat. And they give you those little stories. And let's be honest. I've been in situations where something like that happened. And I needed some help, but people could tell I wasn't scamming, so they were okay. You know, they, you know. I mean, I, I didn't run out of gas, but a situation where I needed help from strangers. Uh, okay, to, just to give you an idea, of what I'm talking. You know, you know, not that specific situation, but a similar situation where I needed assistance, and I had to ask people who didn't know me, and but they could tell I was sincere, and they had no problem helping me. That's a different story. But sometimes you get the feeling that the person is scamming their ass off, and you're looking at them, and you're going, "I just don't trust this bastard." But you give them the money and then they go about their business. Now, you don't follow them around because they're not a friend or family. You're not around them all the time. They could take the five dollars that they said they wanted to eat food with. They're starving. They can't. Oh, I need the food. And then they could go around the corner. And buy some buy some crack or something or or, or something. I remember one time I went, it was a dollar store. There was a lady that used to sit outside of the dollar store all the time. And essentially, she was there all the time. And she, I couldn't tell if she was sincere or not. Something about her said scam. But I was like, I'm coming to the dollar store anyway. 
you know, and I literally in my mind always had a dollar bill or two dollars in my pocket because I knew she was going to be there. I only went to the dollar store once or twice a week. It really wasn't that big of a deal. She wasn't even there all the time, but she was there enough where I assumed she was going to be there. And I would walk in and her face would light up because she knew I always at least gave her a buck in front of the dollar store. So I gave her the money. And I and it got to the point where I literally would factor in the, her. She was as if it was as if it was an additional purchase, except she didn't ask for the eight cent sales tax. <laughs> she better not have. Damn it. That would have been just pushing the line back to the story. So I factored that in. And one time I remember going to the dollar store. I, I buy my crap at the dollar store. I give her the dollar and I drive around the block because I'm like, oh, geez, I forgot to get my fake ass, not really Windex, but it's kind of like Windex. It looks like Windex. doesn't work as good as Windex because you have to use twice as much, but Windex costs 10 times as much, so I'm going to buy this crap anyway. By the way, if Windex ever becomes a sponsor in the future of this program, I just want to say that I prefer your product to the whatever that other stuff is because I don't mind selling out. <laughs> don't judge me. Shut up, punks. So I drive around the corner and I see her and she gets in a car nicer than the one I was driving. Now, I'm not saying I was driving a nice car at the time. It was a it was a cute little car I had at the time. It was a, it was a used car, but her used car was better than mine. She actually changed clothes in the car and drove off. Now, at the time, I'm thinking, wait a second, I should be asking you for money. You had a better car than I do when your clothes are nicer than I was. But you're I'm sitting there going, how much money is she getting in front of this dollar store? I don't know what her situation is. It could be that she really does need the money. Maybe she's living in the car. And, you know, because there's certain, I've, I know people that actually, when it turns out, lived in their car and they looked nice and clean and fresh and everything, but they didn't have a place to stay. They'd park their car somewhere. So when they asked for money, even though the car was nicer, it was a nice car because it was a remnant of their previous life. And this was the only thing that they had paid off. And they needed the money, even though it looked like from the outside it didn't need the money, but they may. So I didn't say anything. But if I didn't take that into consideration and didn't have the life experience where I saw a person live in their car and look like their life was all together, but they were just trying to rebuild from the car, I would have seen that and been pissed off. What the hell? You have a nicer car than me, nicer clothes than me, and you taking my money at the dollar store, damn it? She could have been paying her car insurance with that shit if she has car insurance. She could have been paying a registration because the last thing you want to do if you don't have a place to stay is to let the system know what's going on with you. Then everything falls apart. So I don't know what her situation was. But I do know that, like I said, had I not had that previous life experience, I would have seen that and been pissed off. Like, damn it, I feel scammed. <coughs> but when you just give people the money and you don't know them, you don't know what they're doing with it. But if it's a relative... Or a friend, and you see them after you give them the money. Maybe you do know know what they did with it. I remember when I moved to, when I was in California, <clears throat> I finally had gotten my first brand new car. It was my first new car ever, and I wasn't a rich guy. I was just a regular nine to five. Well, I wasn't a nine to five guy. I was doing comedy, but you get what I'm saying. I was a regular go to work because you have to pay your bills type of cat. You know, so. I get and I had and I had a little extra money left over because the car didn't cost as much as I thought. So I had a you know had a couple grand in the bank and that's all I had. I was just trying to build up some money for a nest egg. Didn't happen, but you know what I'm saying. So I had a friend move to Los Angeles and I was making sure everything was cool with him. Yeah, I, I drove him around. He had drive interviews and because obviously I had I had little holes in my schedule, I could drop him off and do all that kind of stuff. That's what you do when your friend moves to California. You do that kind of stuff. And he didn't have any money. Oh, I don't have enough money. Yes, man, I'm, I'm broken. I'm this and this. And I had, I mean, I had the, 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 had the money in the bag. I was like, you know what? Let me just take this. You know, he only needs, he, he just needs a little money until, you know, until the thing. He'll, he'll pay me back. He was always complaining about not having the money. So I gave him a couple hundred bucks. And as it turns out, he needed me to take him shopping. No problem. If I drive you, if I drive you to a damn job interview, I'll definitely drive you to a, the supermarket. Because so I take him, I want to take you. I wanted to take him to a place called I, I forgot the name of the, rest, the the supermarket, but it was a place where you could get a lot of food for a, a small amount of money. And I figured if I gave him a couple hundred bucks and he goes to this place, he's going to just load up on this stuff and stretch that food out because he's not a dumb guy. He's going to take this money. I didn't have to give him this money. I felt the money go away. I was not a rich guy, but I wanted to give this guy the money. I not give the money, loan the guy the money. And I felt the money going away. I needed that money for something else. 
but he needed it more. So, okay. I, I can feel, like I said, I felt the money going away, but okay. He needs it. He'll give it back to me. Take him to the supermarket, and he goes in, and he comes back, and I see the cart approaching the car, and there ain't a lot of stuff in there. And my first thought is, oh, boy. I guess it was a little, I guess the stuff in there was a little too expensive. Like, you know, I mean, it's a regular supermarket, but maybe you have to go to a couple other places. But, you know, that's okay. It makes sense because he's being frugal and he's making good decisions because, I mean, I, I felt the money leave. I just got this car. I felt the money leave. So I, I, I got to make payments and insurance and everything. But he needs the money more. I'll get it back. But he needs the money more. And uh, he pulls up. And as it turns out, he did not not buy stuff. And we did not need to go to another place. This jackass bought nothing but name brand foods at the supermarket, the most expensive stuff. So the stuff, the 200 bucks I gave him is going to last him about five or six days when his first paycheck at the job I helped him get won't be for another week and a half, two weeks, which means this jackass is probably going to need another 200 bucks. And I was mad at him. Right? Because I'm sitting there going, look, dude, I gave you the bread to try to get you through this longer period of time. You could have taken that 200 bucks. You're one dude. It's very, you can feed yourself easily for 50 to 60 bucks. I gave you enough money to, to, to go shopping for two weeks worth of stuff, have a little extra money in your pocket, and you come back with this little, got a thimble full of stuff because it's all name brand, you jackass. Well, that's what he got. Dude. And I was pissed off at him. And he was, he was, and we were, we were arguing in the car. He couldn't really argue back because I'm the one that gave his punk ass the money. He was just trying to, I was going, dude, man, when it's your bread. And I thought about that. When you can see it in front of you, when you can see the dumb stuff in front of you, when you're stuck with the person you're pissed off at, it sucks. The homeless person or the person who goes, you give them the money, they go away. You don't see what they do. The person who's your friend or your family member, you loan them the money, you can see what they're doing with it. If I loan you the money and it hurts me to give it away and you go buy everything name brand and instead of getting two weeks worth of stuff, you buy one week worth of stuff. I'm saying to me, it's okay that you only buy only one week worth of stuff because as I get angrier at you day after day after day for doing this, I'm probably going to kill you before that food runs out anyway. <laughs> I meant that. But it just goes to show you, man, you get angry at the people you know. And the reason you get angry at the people you know is because mainly they should know better than to do the dumb crap that they're doing right in front of you. The people that you don't know, they take their punk asses someplace else and do the dumb stuff or someplace else. <laughs> I mean, when he came back to the car with that name brand stuff, I literally wanted to drop kick his ass from one side of the parking lot all the way to the other side of the parking lot. When I moved to Los Angeles, I had money in the bank. I wasn't broke. But I said, I'm going to live like I'm broke until I can start making enough money. I'm not touching the money I have in the bank. I don't care unless I'm getting thrown out. I'm not touching that money. If I have to eat ramen noodles, I'm not touching that money. I'm going to act like it doesn't exist. And I never touched it. And I used it to buy uh, the car. Well, actually, I used it to make a payment on the car. I wasn't rich or nothing. I had a couple grand, you know, three, four grand or whatever. And I used it to buy a car. Well, then put the down payment on the car. But who cares about the minutiae of this? Right. My first brand new car, by the way, back then. So that was the thing, man. I was like, what the hell, man? Because I knew when I when I got them, when I moved to Los Angeles. Oh, no, there was there was name. Oh, name brand. Mm -mm. You know what I'm saying? I did not buy any Oscar Mayer wieners. Mm -mm. In fact, if you walked up to me and your name was Oscar, I slapped the shit out of you. Like, Get the fuck out. Where did you slap before? You see, your name is Oscar, and it's too close to Oscar Mayer Wiener, and being around someone named Oscar might tempt me to buy Oscar Mayer Wieners, which cost too much money. You're sick, man. I can't believe you're slapping people in the name Oscar. You should have seen what I did to that guy named Kellogg's Corn Flakes. I stabbed him. <laughs> None of that happened. <laughs> But I didn't touch anything. Uh, I didn't touch anything approaching name brand cereals. I didn't take. I didn't touch anything. But if I recognized the the corporate logo, I wasn't interested in it. 
In fact, I was hoping I didn't want to buy anything that wasn't in Spanish. If it wasn't in English, I wasn't buying that shit. I don't give what the, what is this? Is this is corn? And it was whatever you whatever the cornflake equivalent was in Spanish. I said I'll take it. And that's when I found that that leche meant milk because if the word milk was on it, it cost too much. Hell no, I'm not buying it. That's right, I said it. In fact, if you went to every store in Los Angeles at the time and you wiped hepatitis A through X over anything that had a name brand on it, I would be the only person in Los Angeles that didn't catch a damn thing because I wouldn't come near anything with a name brand on it. Yeah, that's right. My Calvin clone jeans and my Kelly's corn flicks. Yeah, that's right. All the fake stuff. That's right. Bowie Vitin bags that I buy girlfriends. I went with all the fake shit until I got my money right. Don't judge me, you bastards, because if you didn't do the same thing, you're a dumb bastard. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> But that's the truth, man. You get so angry at the people. And that's why you get angry at the people that are around you, because you can see of the dumb things that they do, especially if the dumb thing that they do affects you negatively. And that's what I was thinking about, because um, I, I ran across um, a friend of mine. He was talking about lending money to another friend, a friend of his that I don't know. And when I finally the guy was sitting in his car and I looked at the guy, and my brain just went, oh, you are so not getting that money back. <laughs> and I guarantee you, he is not getting that money back. But that's not really my problem, because that's a guy that I don't know who will be going away, and I'll not hear anything about it. So who cares? Okay, I will kind of know a little bit about it, because I'm friends with the guy who lent the guy the money. So he will be coming to me complaining about the guy he lent money, and then I will say... You're a jackass. <laughs> but don't judge me. Remember, in this whole story here, this little segment, I'm telling you how much money I gave the lady in front of the dollar store. I'm a giver, you bastard. Yeah, that's right. Don't you dare judge me. In fact, I'm giving to you right now. I mean, come on. Not just anybody gets to hear my golden tones on a weekly basis. Mm-mm-mm. The only person in the world luckier than you people that get to hear my voice on a weekly basis is whatever woman I happen to be getting it on with at a time. Because she's actually much, much luckier than you people because <laughs> she's getting it on with me. <laughs> Guys, I can't help you with that. Most you get from me is a high five. Sorry. But the ladies. <laughs> yeah, too bad. You should have been here. And the only person luckier than the whatever woman I'm having sex with whatever at the time when you hear this is me. Because I get to hear my voice every day. Oh, yeah. Let me just listen to me talk for a minute. Stuff, words, ah. My voice, my voice. Woo! In fact, I'm going to end this segment and I'm just going to talk to myself for no reason. Because I, my voice is that good. Oh, yeah. Segment over. You want to hear something, folks? I've been working out at the gym and the first and I hadn't really worked out. I did some crap at home. You know, when you work out at home, it's really kind of a punk ass workout. It's really one of those workouts where you're not really stressing yourself. You kind of pick up the weights. You know, you very slickly take some of the weight off and you move the weight down to a weight that you know you can manage and you do three sets of 10 and you're not really stressing yourself. You're not really causing the micro tears and the muscle that allow them to rebuild and strengthen themselves. You're not giving yourself any kind of cardiovascular workout i mean you, you you huff and puff a little bit but you didn't really do anything you know you had the bike turned to one you're not really doing anything punk you're not fooling anybody punk nice try sucker but i went to the gym and i went to the gym and i was dealing with a i was working out and i was working out hard because you know how it is when you're a guy and you were in the gym with other guys all of a sudden you start turning into mr jimbo workout guy you turn into the guy that's everybody makes fun of in the commercials i'll put things up big things up and put them down like they did with that commercial where they made fun of meatheads in the gym okay you start working out like that you st and, and everybody does the same thing especially if you're roughly the same age if everybody if there's young dudes there you just go 
back to your normal punk workout because you know you can't compete with those guys in the gym. You may be able to kick their li- their asses in regular life because they work for you and you're smarter than they are because they may be able to run faster, but they can't run faster than my Camry. I'll run your punk ass over before you get to the bus stop, punk. But... You don't compete, but when this guy is close to your age or older than you or in that same realm, all of a sudden you guys look at the young guys and you try to reclaim your youth. Now, I'm closer to the youth than some of these bastards are, but I'm still a hunk of crap compared to these 19-year-olds. Yeah, that's right. I admit it. So I worked out too hard and put on weights that I used to put on when I was 20 years old, which I'm not. And that was dumb because I was so in such pain. I actually couldn't sleep for a day and a half. How much pain was I in? One of my friend's wives was pregnant and she was using the pregnancy against him. Like, I can't believe it. You think you're hurt, Bill? Well, I had your baby and it really hurt. And then she saw me and she said, Ooh, wasn't as bad as S. Anthony right now, but it was in fact pain. Okay, that did not happen, but it I did actually not be able to go to sleep because of the pain, because I was a dumbass. But the funny thing about it is, when you work out at the gym, when not when you're older, even when you're middle aged or older, when you work out at the gym, it's a whole different story because the people working out at the gym that are in shape already and young, they're working out to take their bodies to the next level. They're trying to get their body to do extraordinary things. They're trying to run marathons, dunk a basketball, hit a baseball out of the park, try to get their pro card and 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 bodybuilding. That's what they're doing. When you're an older person or a middle-aged person, you're working out so you don't turn into a complete hunk of shit. They're working out to run marathons. You're working out because you know at some point you're going to have to run up the steps to get the phone or your nephew or your niece is going to want to play with you and they're a baby and you are just too tired to chase their little punk butts around. And you got to go to the gym just so you can do stuff everybody else who's younger than you just takes for granted. You got to go to the gym and start doing curls, wrist curls, just so you don't look like a punk when somebody says open this pickle jar because you tried to open the pickle jar and you got the pickle jar open, but your arm was overstressed. And what happened? Your two bottom fingers froze into a curl because you overtaxed the muscles and people thought you were having mental having some kind of neurological problem when you had to explain to them no I'm just in horrible shape and opening up that jar was too much for me and I'm embarrassed shut up get out of the kitchen and leave me alone my hand will uncurl in about a minute and a half and it did I mean it did for that person who wasn't me (laughs) shut up punks but you're just going to the gym to just work out man to be able to do regular things man you know you you want to be in the car with somebody and you want to you want to be driving a car and you don't want your stomach to be flapping around every time you hit a bump because your passenger will see that stuff and that's embarrassing. This time it actually wasn't me. It was my pa- it was a my passenger. I saw it didn't want to embarrass him, but that shit was ridiculous looking. You want to be able to run up the steps to get the phone like I talked about a little early in this segment. And you don't want everybody else in the room to go, hey, who's that applauding him going up the steps? It's not a big deal, him going up the steps. And then they find out it's not anybody applauding. It's the fact that by the time you got to the top of the steps, your ass was still shaking and the cheeks of your butt were clapping together because they're soft and flabby, you bastard. And you look like you're in the twerk video and you stopped moving five seconds ago and and they're going to wait till you're in the room talking on the phone and you're going to hear a big rise of laughter in the room that you just left and they ain't laughing at anything on TV. They're laughing at you running up the steps applause ass that twerked when you didn't want to twerk you jiggly ass bastard. So it's a name's a pain in the ass going to the gym when you're getting older. I went to the gym and I really busted my, my own ass and I hurt my shoulders. But two days later, I was back to normal. And you go to the gym and you work out and you work out and you get in progressively better shape. But it's amazing, isn't it? When you're younger, you go into the gym and you're working out because you want to be able to do extraordinary things. When you get into middle age and you get older, like when I see old guys, they're just working out because they want to be able to pick up their grandchild without accidentally dropping his ass down the steps. 
You know, they want to be able to run up the steps to get the phone. They want to be able to open up that car door without sounding like the soundtrack from a porno film. Oh, God. Oh. They don't want to sound like that when they open a the car door. And nobody does, damn it. <laughs> and that's why I'm going to the gym now. Because I don't have any problem running up the steps and opening car doors and stuff like that. And I don't ever want to have those problems unless I'm so old working out won't help. And that's what I'm talking about. So if you're not going to the gym or if you have, you have, don't have, just get to working out, you lazy bastards. You don't want your ass jiggling when you go up the steps. You don't want your stomach smacking the the damn steering wheel now i'm not fat shaming because i'm not skinny yet and i've been fat and i've been skinny all i'm saying is i want you to live a long time why because i got love for you you bastards that's right yeah so eat right and exercise be like me okay well don't be like me now because i'm still kind of a mess but be like the me i'm going to be about six months from now then you definitely want to be like that guy yeah don't worry about being like mike i know some of you are too young to remember what being like mike meant. being like mike was a campaign back in the day when michael jordan was in his prime and they said be like mike because everyone wanted to be like michael jordan that's what i'm referencing that way you don't have to google it and i'm going to go back to what i was saying so what i'm saying is you're going to want to be like me six months from now and i want to be like me six months from now so let's do it together you bastards let's eat right Let's exercise and let's show those young punks. Actually, they'll still be young and we'll be slightly older. So we actually will not be showing them anything. But uh, if that's what it takes to motivate you or what it takes to motivate me, whatever. Just do that crap. All right. That's right. Let's get it done. <laughs> Segment over. Okay, my friends, this has been a wonderful episode of the yes anthony says podcast i want to say thank you very very much for listening much love to you all once again as i said in the beginning of the show if you loved what you just heard make sure you you, you follow me on twitter at at, at s anthony thomas follow the show at s anthony says and uh subscribe on itunes subscribe on stitcher Leave a rating of 900. I know it only goes up to five. Find a way to give me more stars, damn it. Yeah, I said it. And if you love the show and you super duper mega ultra love the show, please consider supporting the show at Patreon forward slash S. Anthony Thomas. And if you can't do any of that, tell your friends you love the show. Spread the word, my friends. You cool bastards. Much love to you all. Thank you for listening. And I will see you next week. S. Anthony out.